where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to weather career-smashing recessions. <laughs> We're talking about that up-all-night job, the slinging gin and raking it in gig. It's the I've watched cocktails six times, so yeah, I've got this hustle. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an incredibly funny actress and comedian and the host of her own cooking show, Quintana's Tiny Kitchen. Which is delicious as it is cramped. I gotta talk to her about those like birds and clouds. Mm-hmm. Eggs and clouds. There's a lot. We have requests. We have requests. And tonight we are recording a very special episode. We celebrate! That's right, because today Today, they announced that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are our new president-elect and vice president-elect. We are getting political. Uh. (laughs) So please raise your glass as we toast the new administration and welcome our amazing guest, Angela Quintana. Hey, I love you. Colorful drinks. Mm. Thank you for having me so much. I'm so excited. What a great day. I gotta tell you, it's gonna be a good year, you guys. Well, I, I gotta tell you, I like I was thinking about it. So we're we're all in LA, you know, for our fans around the country and world. We're in LA. So for us, despite you know being locked indoors for all of it, we actually won the the you know, the Lakers won the NBA championship, oh God, yes. the Dodgers won the World Series, and now Biden and Harris are taking over the White House. I went out and bought lot donuts and lottery tickets. No, yesterday. he really did. He bought a bunch of lottery I, I, tickets. I like that. I like it's that. It's good. Ads. You know, let it ride. Let's see what else comes. <laughs> Do you want to go to Vegas? I'm going to buy COVID? some Bitcoin. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> did you hear about really quick that Bitcoin got the bit that Bitcoin the almost one billion dollars that got transferred out of Bitcoin? What? No. It's like a mysterious. It was it was a dormant account, and it got up to just under one million dollars. What it was a worth? Million or b- b- billion? B- b- billion. D- d- damn it! Okay. I know. Where's so the they're, Netflix they're documentary? Proud if it was someone that fit, just figured out the password somehow, because it was reported on how this is been, this has been a sleeper account. It hasn't had any activity since like 2013, 2014. So then people started to try to figure out the password, I guess. Maybe it's and the they guy. don't know if it, someone did that or if it was the original. They don't account. know who invented Bitcoin. It's this mysterious figure. It's a oh, Japanese really? name, but no one's actually sure that he's Japanese. No one knows who he is at all. I and think like, I knew that. yeah, it's this mysterious guy. And like, people, there are so many theories. It could what be something. What was somebody... the documentary that we watched on it? We watched Silk Road, which talked about Bitcoin, but it was really about the dark web. Well, we watched another one too, but it was a couple of years. Well, Jason knows something about this because he was investing in Bitcoin. I still am. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> well, I just, it's all I gone feel now. so dumb when it comes to stuff like that. Like I have no idea Same. what hmm. or how, no but I, I am like so envious of people that do because I don't know shit. I got $1 billion or a woman, like someone got a billion dollars almost. Okay, I'm going to admit something here before we talk about jobs, about Bitcoin. So a lot of um, 
websites now, including paperless post, you, instead of paying them directly, you buy, you give like $10 and you get coins and they charge by coins. And so my sister, it's like the penny arcade, <laughs> right? So my sister was like, okay. my sister said she bought something. On, she sent me a card on paperless post. This was years ago, you guys, like the beginning of Bitcoin. And she said, and I said, Oh no, she was sending out invitations for our baby shower. And I was like, oh, do you want me to pay you back? And she goes, no, I used extra coins I had on paperless post. And I remember telling you, my sister has Bitcoin and she pays for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that all. That's not Bitcoin, that's PP coin. Yeah, paperless post. <laughs> it, was, it was so stupid. Anyways, just. <laughs> my sister's a genius, you guys. <laughs> brain doesn't work sometimes. She just pulled a billion dollars out of paperless post. The fact that you thought that, that was sweet. I'm going to have it come the you call it business cards for life is what you're going to have. Score. Really? Somebody, She's like, I got it on that very early. Round floor. I really was confused because her husband is that kind of guy that's like really geeked out about that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. So it made, kind of made sense. So did you think, Jason, were you like, oh my God, wow. I'm going to stop working. <laughs> when was it that you were like, oh, no, no, it's not Bitcoin. <laughs> it's I remember you Close points like, basically yeah i was like jason i pulled out my whiteboard <laughs> like i told you it's like sit down he's paying for stuff on the internet with bitcoin you were like oh no i don't think so <laughs> i don't think that's what's happening that is sweet that is sweet that you thought that of your sister that she was like smart enough to get invested in bitcoin <laughs> I don't. I looked really? at the, I looked at paperless posts. I'm like, they're not taking Bitcoin. You did. You were like, Jamie, you just give them ten dollars on your credit card, and you. Just... <laughs> and they're like, and they call it coins. It's just a gift certificate. That's where they get you. You can't get your money back from. That's where they get you. Right. Yeah. I'm really embarrassed. I told you guys this story. Oh, I just had to chill. Um. So yeah. we're gonna move on because I feel like an asshole. But. <laughs> um. I want to talk about. Yeah. Angela's jobs. I do too. And that's what I was <laughs> going to get to because, do it. okay. Um, Angela is that person that's constantly creating you guys. And if you really need to follow her, we're going to put up her Instagram and her jogging and, route and her YouTube, but you. um, <laughs> finally, she's really funny. Like you were doing commentary after the real housewives and oh, I that swear was to God, I was, that was like, I was like, well, this is better than the show. Just, I'm going to stop. Those were fun to myself. do. It was really good. But your current, your current one, we're going to talk about your jobs. I just want everyone to know that your cooking show yes. is the perfect length of time. And oh, good, thanks. I kind I worry about that sometimes. It's the perfect length and I watch it all the time. I'm obsessed. So Yay. we're gonna talk about that in a second because it's the perfect content. Um and everybody should Wow, the perfect content. Not just that it's not the perfect show or the perfect book. It's like I have all content that exists. This is the perfect one. <laughs> thanks. Well, cooking cooking I, is my happy place lately. Like it's just it's real fun. I and love she's engaging that. and it's like everybody's kitchen, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's little. Kitchen. Oh, I have to say, yeah, yeah, no, I, the fact, like, I don't watch a lot of cooking shows, and this is not the reason why I don't, but when I watch them, 
I'm always like, well, this is just not fair. No one has access to this. That's what oh I'm my saying. God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And she makes it like, I literally thought when I was watching the um, grape leaves, the beef and grape leaves, and I watched it a couple of weeks ago. And I is that a show or a thing they were making on a show? That's the thing she was making on the show. Oh, I was something you were making on your Stuffed show. Stuffed grape leaves. And I told you about them and I said, but they're not rice, they're beef. It's like, there is rice, but they're not the... Um, the Greek beef. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that we get all the dolmas we get all the time. And I was like, uh, you should make these. They're, I'm not going to. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, those are, that's, like I said, my aunt used to make them at all our like family gatherings. And for the longest time, I was like, those look disgusting. I am not eating those. And my cousin was finally like, just eat one, dummy. And I was like, oh, fine. And I tried it. And then I was like, I am the biggest asshole for not trying these earlier because they're so good. I'm going to tell you what the biggest asshole move was. And I thought it was great. And I wanted to high five you. And she's like, they were really good. But then I had them at my sister's house and she added spice. And that just made it really good. After, after I did that, I was like, oh my God. And my aunt was like, how dare you? <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, she doesn't even know she did it. She's what? not even going to edit that out. It's amazing. I she's know. Like, I, and I realized as, as I was editing it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And I didn't mean it like that, but it was like just another level of like, holy crap, they're right. so good. I can't believe they got even better. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure. Make up for it now. Everybody's going to go watch that episode and see you throw your family <laughs> under the bus. You it was that. I try not to edit myself because yeah, I- you're good. Try, I, I want to try to be as transparent and like, if I mess up, it's, I messed up and show it, whatever. But it's hard to edit yourself when you're editing yourself. Cause there are times when I'm like, I don't like that. We'll probably edit this out because we don't want the audience to know about the magic of our editing. <laughs> Maybe. Smart. Maybe Smart. we will. And, Maybe we'll okay. pull back the curtain. Okay. But let's talk about the gigs, the side gigs. Um, the two you narrowed it down to are walker coach and manager. And I don't know what a walker coach well, is. Hang on. Like, I thought as I read that, that walker coach, may I? Yeah. Walker, I would love, I would love to know like what notes. was in your head. I was like, I gotta be honest with you. I picture old people in walkers with tennis balls in the front. And then I was like, you can oh, no. do it. You can do it. But also the full, the full title <laughs> full title is not walker coach or manager it's walker coach slash manager for Pilata teamwork slash the avon breast cancer three day in chicago that's all one job it's all one yeah. job well it was it was i was very confused i remember because it was like my best friend from college got the job first and we were like right out of college so like working with your like it was just it was so fun but she was like, it's for the Avon Breast Cancer Three Day. But and it's not for the Avon Breast Cancer Three Day, it's for Pilata Teamworks. And I was, it was very confusing. So Pilata Teamworks was the company and their thing was they produced large, uh, large scale outdoor events for charity. So they did the Avon Breast Cancer Three Day and they did the Tanqueray AIDS Rides. Okay. And so. you trained people who signed up to walk how to yeah. walk yeah because we had they had well we we um they would sign up and we had like a schedule basically of if you've never exercised if you've never like walked or anything 
week one, this is how many miles you should walk like a day, how many days a week until you were up to like 20 miles a day because it was 20 miles basically over three days. And you wanted to make sure they were prepared because it's like not easy and, you know, give them, we would have meetings all over Chicago and in the suburbs and with all these walkers. I was in charge of, I think, 900 walkers and you had, we had to make sure they were like um, on track with raising $1,900 and make sure they were on track with training. Did they need to join any training groups? We would help coordinate the training groups and, um, it was a you, lot of work, but it was so much fun. Did you actually, did you like test people and see how they were doing? No. No. Okay. Did you, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, there it. were so many people that it was like, that was impossible. We would have like, you know, sometimes we would be like, oh, let's, we'll lead this like training walk or, you know, we would go and walk with some of our walkers. And that was like really special. Cause like a lot of them would call like every day or every week and you would, create these wonderful relationships with them. And um, so it was really fun to see them. And like, they were from all over the country and some people came from overseas, like the second year because they had heard of it. Yeah. But um, it started in LA and then moved to like New York, Chicago and Atlanta. And then it was like Boston and then like all these different places. And then it kind of got really corporate at the end and it was kind of sucked. As most charity does. I mean, it, it was, yeah, like yeah, it was great. It was great because they were doing great things and they were doing all over, but it wasn't right. as like, um, there wasn't that like connection, like person to person. It felt a little bit more like corporate and probably well, did it, was it taken over by like, oh, it was Avon breast cancer. So Avon. Well, the- it was, yeah, there were, um, it was Avon breast cancer three day. And then I think it just went to like breast cancer three day because Avon, after I had le- after I had left, Avon kind of stopped being a sponsor, but Plata kept um, kept doing. It turned into like the Susan Susan G. Corman, not Susan G. Corman, but um, it, I think something else. But that yeah. was after I left. But it really was. I mean, it was because we would go on the walks as well, and so we were working. If we were traveling, we were working for like ten days straight for like at least twelve hours a day, busting our butts like going to every stop, setting up camps, setting up pit stops. What's the worst thing that happened to someone on a walk? And were you trained for it or were you like very ill-prepared as a young woman going, um, I'm an actor, I'm an improviser. What is it? I did have to like, they were like one night um, for entertainment at one of the camps. They were like, oh, oh, you're funny. She's, She's at Second City, you're funny, you're funny um do some stand-up oh god and oh. I was like oh, oh, right now like oh, oh okay and I like went up there and it was literally like my friend Melissa and her brother who was doing the walk they were the only ones laughing because everybody else was kind of confused what was going on and it was just like what a great place to bomb like, <laughs> you're just tired you have walked 20 miles oh god eating you just want to go to bed and probably no one's making the two drink minimum (laughs) yeah no there's no alcohol sorry (laughs) that sucks but yeah I mean it was that was not the worst thing that happened I mean I could get really dark and like someone did pass away on the one of the events and but that was it was like an elderly gentleman who was doing the walk like with this like with his family and he had a heart attack 
Oh, oh my God. I know. Did they, <laughs> did they keep going? They kept going. They kept going. No, the family, the family was like, I, we're going to dip out. Oh, well, this, obviously. And that was like heartbreaking. And, and that is also like, how do you contain that? And like, yeah. everything's okay. <laughs> you know, everything's okay. Sure, that fell on your walk. It was, it's. Nothing to see here, folks. Because the tents are literally like, the, it was like a tent city. It was huge. There were, you know, I can't even remember how many walkers, at least like 2,000 walkers. And then you have, you know, all the chiropractors and podiatrists and massage therapists that come to like yeah. volunteer. And then all the volunteers that come to like uh, line the way and make sure their people have water and snacks. And So let me be clear. Yes. It's 20 miles over three days or 20 miles each day? 20 miles each day for total. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> because like, I was thinking of like the LA river and, and I was like. <laughs> four hours. <laughs> yeah, it was 20 miles a day. And um, like yeah. the one in Chicago was like from Kenosha, Wisconsin to Chicago. Okay. So and the one out miles. here is from, was from Santa Barbara to Malibu. And it was so beautiful, the one out here. Oh God, that sounds epic. So beautiful, yeah. That feels like more than um, 60 miles too. Some of, like, I feel like a couple of them probably were. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was like really inspiring. Yeah, of course. I know we have friends that do the um, AIDS bike and I forgot mm -hmm. what it's called, but it's, you know, from San, San Francisco, Francisco to LA. all the way to, yeah. And their bikes. That was the, that was what the Tanqueray one did too. Like Pilata, did, Pilata, at least when I was working there, Pilata did the San Francisco to California, to Los Angeles and um, like the Twin Cities to Chicago. And uh, I got to work on that one because the people that worked like in the AIDS off the AIDS ride offices and the breast cancer offices, we were just like a couple blocks apart. So we were always like helping each other out, which so was like super fun. You were doing this right when you got out of college. How long were you there for? I was there for, I think three years. So the whole time you were in, I was going this one, this is when I was in second city. Okay. Yeah. And were like you in classes? Perfect. And were you auditioning for anything or were you just like No, I didn't actually start auditioning for anything until I moved out here. Really? Like in Chicago, I was like, this is kind of like, I'm, I'm practicing, I'm performing, I'm like forming friendships. I'm, it was just about performing as much as we could. That's great. And it was, it was so fun. I miss those days. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. Um, but I mean, when you're that young, you have so much energy, you can like work these huge jobs and then go and do a show at night and then wake up and go back to work. Yeah. And they were flying you around the country to participate or, or work on each event. Yeah. Which is really cool when you're young too, because. Oh my God. It was, and I, I mean, I'm working with my best friend from college. We're like in our early twenties, a lot of the other people at the company, they were, you know, thirties and older and they were, it was majority like gay men and women. And it was just right. the most fun company. It was like, it was like summer camp for adults. Cause we're, we were camping out with everybody, you know, just like on a lot less sleep. I was right. the best shape. I then we would load and unload everything. I was like in such good shape. And you can drink is whatever you want. I mean, seriously. Oh, that the end of like event parties were like epic. 
I love that. I've not done an event like that. Yeah. No, nor I. I <laughs> threw my life away, basically. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't you dare say that. It's true. <laughs> it's conversations like this that lead to midlife crises. So, okay, before we get to LA, yeah, why did you leave that job? Like, honestly, I I missed because I got in when it was very grassroots. They had only done one event, and um, and it was out here in LA, and it was it went well, but there were a lot of problems to be worked out. So it was very new and like you know, some of the meetings would be in people's homes. And it was very, um, it was, it was like improv basically. Cause it was like, you know, these are the points you want to hit, say how, however you need to get it across. And it was just very personal and you would get to know them and they would, it was comfortable. And then when it started to be like, no, you have to hold it at this rec place. And here's the script. You have to follow the script and try to get in and out. It was just getting, it, I, it was, breaking my heart a little bit so I left and that's talking to people getting people to participate um this is after they got participate. that my friend Melissa was actually in the recruitment services I was uh after they signed up I'd be like all right let's get started everybody let's get started and do what we need to do that's the job I want I don't want to recruit people some people are born gifted to oh be yeah yeah people. she was great yeah so they, she'd be a good cult leader right you guys are both like good, like camp counselors, I feel like. Yeah, I'm really good oh, after yeah. you're in. I'm all like, let's do this. Yeah. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Mm -hmm. I will say it was not fun for people to call and scream and yell at you when like donations wouldn't hit or like that was, because it was like, you would think, God, that we're doing this. What a great job. We're doing this for charity. Everybody's going to be so loving and blah, blah, blah. I had, I had women that would call, like survivors that would call and scream at me that like, they were the they were the reason I had a job. I should be thankful. How dare the money not be there? It's like I have wow. no control over this. It was yeah. Tell me more about that. When you're working with the public, you just see a lot. Oh, one of my favorites. So at the events, the first day you get there, you have to go to an orientation video, and you have to get there by a certain time. And there are, there are several videos at different parts of the camp. So I and my friend, we would do the orientation video and lead everybody, whatever, through. And it was great. And it was, you know, basically the whole thing, Dan Pallada, it's the creator of Pallada Teamworks. And his idea was he wanted every Pallada Teamworks produced event to be like Disneyland. He wanted everybody in the world to have done at least one of his events. Oh my gosh. And the only thing you weren't, there was no... <laughs> there was no I can't I I used to know everything about Disneyland because also before every event the employees the workers we had to go through orientation and it was the same video and it talked about Disney and how often they paint the fence posts and I mean it was whatever so he so in the, in in the orientation video then the, there's no whining there's no um there's no negativity it's, and it was like a great, very positive atmosphere. It was wonderful. So this woman gets there, she's really late and there's one more meeting for the whole time. Like she, uh, if she can't get this, she can't do the event technically. So I'm like, all right, let's get you, let's get you over there, you know, whatever. And I know she's not one of my walkers. So we're talking, we're walking and I'm like, 
who's your, who's your walker coach? And she's being very short with me. And I'm just kind of asking her questions. Like we're trying to get there. She was like, I, I didn't know I was going to be like having to take a quiz before I got on our, on our way there. Or like, she was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, zipped it, didn't talk, got her in there, whatever. So I do the intro. And then at the end we would all, we're like, okay, now the process, you get your wristband, whatever, make a little joke, whatever. And she came up to me after she watched the video crying. She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I had no right to talk to you like that. It was like, kind of like, I wish we could make every people in general watch this video for life. Like no whining, no crying, be kind to people, no negativity. Like it was, that was really fun just to have like, such a negative experience because I was like I'm lady I'm just trying to help you to this place you don't have to yell at me I'm trying to be right and then for her to be like I'm so sorry I would like that to be up on YouTube or as a Netflix documentary the video yeah the the video for I wish I wish so badly I could like in touch with somebody that has like that excuse me those videos I would love to see them again Jason had to do a um he had, to, he had an intro video when he did the Second City boat tours. You huh. had a real interesting uh, training video that was not so positive as this one. Did you, did you do that with Katie and Steve and Hillary? And I did. That was my second. It. That was my, that's how I, that was my second contract. That's why we know each other. Yeah. If you trace the DNA of us yeah. all knowing each other, that's, that's, right. that's why Katie that contract. Right. That was uh that was an interesting one because I was replacing a cast member. So by the time I got there, they were all pretty much over it. And they're like, oh. Well, they did a whole f- first tour Welcome. with someone. And the, that per- they all signed up to do a second and, mm-hmm. and stay on the ship. And One that person, person didn't. didn't. So, yeah, you, you went in. Um, I, and you're, you're Jason. That's a but tough was- position to go in. Like, that's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was, well... It, they were great. They were, su- I mean, super nice and welcoming. And, and, and you know, I loved them. But um, as opposed to my first time doing the cruise ship when, you know, you met in Chicago and you spend a week and you rehearse and you, you know, build rapport and everyone's so excited just to get out there. Um, even people who've done it before because they've, you know, all had time on land and then had the yeah. time to decide that they wanted to go back. So they're probably yeah. even more pumped. Um, but I think what Jamie was referring to was my first contract when I got on the ship and uh, they, some, some um, you know, fascist and ship security insisted that anyone boarding the ship as a crew member had to watch, you know, 10 hours of security and safety videos. 10 and hours? Something like that. And our, it was uh, John Edward Towski um was uh, you don't know john was um our music director and he was like no no this isn't right (laughs) this is excuse me i kind of have to agree with him (laughs) oh i wholeheartedly agreed with him after the first 10 minutes of uh of safety videos because i was like this is were you drinking through it at one point (laughs) yes Yes. i mean i I feel like that's just being on a boat baby right (laughs) I was sold a bill of goods and I intended on collecting my. I just remember I went to visit you on the ship and we had just started dating two months 
prior to oh going God. on tour. I was so, a Trumpian shade of orange at the time. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was. And um, I went on the ship for a 10-day cruise, and I've never been on a cruise before. Love it. Number one, it was terrible. I'll never go on a cruise again if I can help it. Um, number two, everybody on the ship thought I was a famous actress, so I sort of liked that. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, that's me. Why? Of course that's of me. Of course I am. Of course, then, of course I'm on Norwegian yeah, cruise yeah, lines. <laughs> and then three, you were drunk the whole time or sick. And you're like, don't worry, I watched the safety video. I'll get you. I was like, what? And you're like, I know. What are you saying? <laughs> I swear to God. I was not like, your job. Not your job, I, I asked Jason, I said, are they paying you guys extra to be those <laughs> boat guards? And he goes, no, I get paid more than the boat guards. <laughs> you remember Angela. any of this, Jason? None of, none of this sounds familiar. I can't make it up. I was literally I terrified for everyone on that ship. I'm going to get the hiccups. <laughs> really? I'm serious. I don't remember this. Well, you were drunk a no, lot. No, I don't. I don't even remember being drunk all the time. But apparently, I was. Oh, it's how do so you bad. not Thank remember so being drunk all the time? All right. How do you not remember being drunk all the time? Let's get I mean, I feel like it. I remember going to visit. Were you on the boat when we went to visit? Um, when we went to visit them in Long Beach? No. Okay, I couldn't remember. I think it was no. just. It might have been Carissa and Dave. And then Colin. Yeah. Um but, maybe. but I feel like that that's just the culture. You get on and it's like, what do you want to drink? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you guys had wasn't it like literally like a dollar be like your your crew bar was like so cheap. Yes. We had we had we had dollar beers and <laughs> uh, and wine. We had no hard for hard alcohol, we either had to go up to like the, the, the passenger bars and pay exorbitant prices, but with like a crew discount. Um, but still, you know, you're paying bar prices, cruise ship bar prices. Um, or you do what I did, which was empty water bottles and fill them up with <laughs> vodka and then sneak them on every time you go into port. Oh yeah. But that particular which... day was my first day and I had been in New York City because that's where I boarded the ship. And wait, I wait, having... wait. So the day that Jamie got there? No, no, no. no. Oh, 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 gotcha. Okay. The day of no. the of the tr of the training video. The training oh. video. Hey there, listeners. We'd like to take a minute to tell you about something new we're trying out here on the Make That Paper podcast. Making some paper. <laughs> That's right. You can swing by our website at www.makethatpaperpodcast.com and click on the merchandise tab to check out our hot new lineup of Make That Paper merch. Just in time for the holidays. We've got Make That Paper mugs, Make That Paper phone cases. We've even got a Make That Paper clock. We do? No, there's a clock. Oh, my God. Or if you want to support the show directly, you can click on our Patreon link to help us keep producing episodes. You'll gain access to exclusive content and other perks. So please check it out today. Lastly, if your business would like to advertise on the show, consider this whole segment a Your Ad Here billboard and send an email to podcast at gmail.com. I got there the day after his brother left. So the day um, after New Year's Eve, the day after New Year's Eve. Oh my and, God. And he was, 
had been drinking so much. Oh no. I'm sure. I'm sure that um he was drinking so much now this oh, is God. an in, inappropriate story you tell it <laughs> um jason on the boats had a habit of sleepwalking because of the 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 waves there's a couple people who can tell you the stories of jason sleepwalking on the cruise ships like yes. brett Gannell. brett Gannell has some good Beaver cruise ships. They were roommates, stars. and Jason would sleepwalk out of the room in just underpants and go through like the casino and then try to get Brett to wake up to let him back in. <laughs> but, um, oh, did anyone ever door. see? Did anyone ever see you while you were sleepwalking? No, he was sleepwalking till he got back to the room. No, he, he oh, yeah. So you, but no one was ever like, uh, what were you doing last night? Like, I saw you, <laughs> except Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so, but more importantly, I get on the ship the day after his brother, the day after New Year's, where I find you out. Two months about. Yeah, that sounds right. About two months. Okay. Where I find out I'm sleeping in the room that his brother had been sharing with him. Oh, God. And sleeping in the bed where this guy had woken up in the middle of the night, forgotten where the toilet was, no. and peed on his brother's head in the bed. <laughs> Yeah, I just like to point out some things. Oh, that's why he doesn't remember telling me about the training. Oh video. my god! And I was like, "Get me off the ship! Why did I agree to this?" Those are mm-hmm. some of my favorite stories, though. When guys get so open. <laughs> One of my favorites is Steve and Katie. Oh yes. And uh, I have some of those. Well, Katie lived in this, up uh, like this. It was above not a garage but it was kind of like a little like attic apartment but it was like it was adorable had a big rooftop on the back whatever but before before they moved into each other before they got engaged when they just started dating she lived there and so it was basically one big room kitchen you know studio whatever and this was around the time when they were deciding who the new pope was (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it was on TV. Everyone's waiting for the smoke. Everyone's watching, you know, whatever. Smoke's going to, yeah. So Steve goes out and has a great time. Sure. And comes back to Katie's. And Katie's like, I wake up because it sounds like someone's like pouring water into my hamper. And so she wakes up and Steve thinks it's the toilet. Oh, yeah. So he's, and she's like, Steve, what are you doing? And he goes, don't worry, the Cardinal College says it's okay. <laughs> because he had been watching it. <laughs> so I was just like, oh. At least it's a hamper. So there's a basin and he like opened the lid likely. And it's dirty clothes that need to be washed anyway. <laughs> His brother's head. Nothing got opened. Maybe a jaw. I don't know. So, oh God. Was your brother also drunk and not did he not wake up or did oh, no, he, he woke up he woke up he woke up mad and um i can understand understand yeah, I, was, I was i was like first of all i was very drunk but i was also asleep um and oh, i was, God, oh, God, I was right. legit sleep walking 
Um, I was having an active dream, and in my dream, I had gone to a place that was perfectly appropriate for urinating. <laughs> like most people who sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah, and, and, and so in my dream, being at a proper, I think, urinal, I, I think yeah. I was at a urinal in my dream, and I therefore went pee in it. Oh, my God. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so well, that, that was Jason's job on a ship. Let's talk more about animals. <laughs> Let's get back to it. So after after that, you uh, several jobs after that actually, right? You you, you <clears> yeah uh, yeah. I worked uh, I've I've worked at like a lot of hair salons because my three what three of my aunts like receptionist. Um, three of my aunts worked. I mean, had their own hair salons like growing up, and then I just kept like you know working in salons. So I worked at a salon in Chicago for a while, and um, and that was fun. And then. We moved out here and I like worked a couple of like smaller bartending gigs and uh, a server gig. And then I got the job at the Troub. The Troubadour, Los Angeles is, you know, legendary. But legendary, yeah. very cool, very fun. We saw, a, I took you to one, at least one show there. I've been but... to two shows, one with you, one uh, with some hippy dippy shit. Yeah. And I've been to like a handful of shows there, but I just want to say something. Number one, you got a bartending job in LA. Number two, you got a bartending job at one of the coolest joints ever in LA. That is harder than getting an acting gig. Well, you know what? It was um, Dan's sister-in-law, Amy. She had worked there for a long time. And so she hooked me up. And just like an I got acting. really lucky because there were only, when I was working there, there were only like five bartenders. It's all nepotism. It's all nepotism in Hollywood. It's all nepotism, baby. It's all you know. <laughs> But um, awesome. for, for people who don't live in Los Angeles, again, I feel like I, I all the time have to translate for the listeners. Um, this would be, you know, Angela landing a bartending job at the Troubadour makes me feel like when I get a co-star role on a show, I would <laughs> rather, like, that would have been better. Her bartending job at the Troubadour is higher status. I mean, we, I, I was lucky. Like, I got to see some really cool shows. Yeah, but I will say they are not all really cool shows. Yeah, the I really cool shows are very few and far between. A lot of times it's like nine bands that are like local where it's like 20 people. We're just like, oh my God. But um, and other start. times you're like busting your ass. I'm sure. Because it's so busy. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I, I really liked it. Really Let me ask you, just, I mean, I just want to know what, yeah. like, give me your top three or five, give me whatever you feel like giving the top three, let's say bands you got to see while working. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I mean, for me, cause I've been a Beatles fan for a long, long time. It was, it wasn't even a show. It was basically because we worked there. We were like, we're coming in to see this because it was just, it was like a radio interview with um, Joe Walsh and Ringo Starr. Oh. And they played a couple of songs and like, it was maybe like 40, 50 people there. And that was really, really cool. And you didn't um, have to work. And I didn't have to work. I was literally just there and watching it. And like, it was really cool. And then, um, I mean, it, there's like Cypress Hill did their 20th anniversary show there. Like that was nice. so fun. The crowd, they were so great. Um, Tao and the Get Down Stay Down, like I had never, like there were the bands that I I would have never heard of that I was so lucky to get see to get to see them, and then they're like, she's amazing, 
Um, Nine Inch Nails was mm-hmm. nice, incredible. Depeche Mode was amazing. Like so many, so many. Like, and I'm sure I'm forgetting. Like every time there were like the Grammys, they would have these big Grammy shows with like Emmy Lou Harris and everybody from like Tom Petty's band and like it was it was amazing like I have to the, say just because you said Emmy Lou Harris I'm gonna tell another cruise ship story please. I have had many other jobs but tonight I'm only talking about those the very last night of our contract that I did with Steve and Katie and and, and that crew yeah was a buyout where uh this company this this uh folk music they did a folk music tour festival on the mm-hmm. boat and Emmy Lou Harris was there and John Raitt and, um, uh, oh, oh, who's the singer? Brandy Carlisle. was, I mean, and, um, I feel like I remember. I love it. I love it. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and much like your experience, I got, because I was a performer on the ship, I got to go, I got to sit in the performers area at all the shows. Oh, wasn't go backstage. it amazing? It was, Amazing. Yeah. I felt like, you know, Pretty cool. literally when I had dreams of like being successful in Hollywood and rubbing elbows, that was what I had in mind. So oh I'm God, good. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was a really fun, it was a really fun gig. And I'd like to think like I still have a good relationship with them. And I'd like to think if the bars ever open again, we could still, like Amy and I still, there are times where we're like, this show, let's go see this show. And like, they'll totally let us come in, I'll which is like, know. But so COVID didn't know. stop you from working there. You you quit. No, working. no, no, no. Yeah, no. I I was done a little over four years ago, five why, years ago. Why did you leave? Um, I was just done bartending. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, it's I mean, it's hard work. Like yeah. it's like it's no joke. Like, excuse me, we would be open on ha- Halloween was the only day or only night that we would be open with no show if we if there wasn't a show that it it wasn't just like a bar you could go drink at it was we were just open for shows and um Halloween we would open at like eight o'clock and stay open until two and okay which I get that's not that's typical bar but I, so before I worked at the Troubadour, I worked at the Key Club and we would stay open until two and you're there until like 3.34, sometimes closing and like just whatever. So I remember the first night I worked at the Troub, one of the um, bouncers came up to get like a soda or something for me. He was like, oh God, it's going to be a late night. Band plays until midnight. And I was like, that's it. (laughs) We're done at midnight. It was like, so I got very, we all got very spoiled with like, the latest, you know, we would go in at maybe like seven at the earliest. We would be done by like 1230, one at the very latest. It was just a great bartending gig as far as bartending gigs go. So Halloween being open from like seven or eight until two in the morning. And it was non-stop drinks. And there were so many people like where you, that so many people wouldn't tip at all. And like, oh my God, it was, that was the worst night. And I was, just, I just remember being like, I know I'm done. Like I, I'm done. So that was the night you, that wrapped it up for no, you. No, 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 But oh. like, just thinking about having to do another Halloween. I remember I was like, Christine, I'm done. She was like, how dare you? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was time to be done. But I, I 
saw so many crazy things like a Tell guy <laughs> it was one of our busiest nights and this guy was shit hammered like so wasted and I'm working in the front bar and in the front bar there's just one bartender and we're it's where all the merch is so every time you know the show's over it it gets crowded everybody's in there getting drinks getting merch whatever and um this guy is like young across the bar I'm trying to like help go and like you know bartenders have we have our pat like you know we know how to go I have my eye I know who was next like come on but he's like yelling screaming ah. so I'm like I'll be with you in a second gotta like calm down all of a sudden I turn down and he is like cutting lines on the bar <gasps> on the wooden bar wow I was like no no and Mikey that had the head security was like get this motherfucker's card get him out of here so I'm like no problem get his card, go to like run it. The whole credit card machine system breaks down. So it's like, so now nobody can cocaine. use credit cards. <laughs> now everybody wants to pay with cards. This guy's like, Hey, Hey, get me out of here. It was like, it was pure chaos. And I just remember being like, I just want this night to be over. Like, I just want this night to be over. There were like, and, and that's just one of like the crazy stories having just, and he, he literally like was trying to ask everybody to like, Two lines with him. It was. Oh my God, in public. While they're waiting to throw him out. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, doesn't a bar just go, okay, it's been 45 minutes and nobody can pay because our system. Well, no, it, I mean, it didn't take, it was, it was down for a good five minutes at least, if not a little bit longer. So it wasn't so like 45 minutes, long, but it felt. Yeah, it's like so, 45 minutes. It's dog yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. At some point, I just want to be like, all right, drinks were on us. Have a good night. I know. Throw down oh, the cash you got. This was like my one of the only like bartending um, server jobs, though, that I had where it like nobody got free drinks. Nobody. And the owner was there every single night, like watching. Did you guys have measured pours? No, but he would, he would like, they were measured by his eyes. Like sometimes oh. he'd be like, why are you pouring so heavy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I didn't know I was. I'm literally like, I, I'm sorry. Like there was no measure. There was extra ice in it, buddy. I threw my wrist out. That's what happened. Yeah, he was, he, he, is, he is an interesting guy in himself, the owner of the Troubadour. Like he used to own, I remember he would tell me, he used to own a gas station with his friends. And he was telling me laughing how like, we would take customers' credit cards and um, write their numbers down. This was like back in the eighties. We would write their numbers down, and uh, they would leave, and then we would like buy stuff with their credit card numbers, and uh, you know, return like he, he fraud. Like he, I was just like straight up credit card fraud, one hundred percent. And he was like laughing about it. They don't care. The credit card companies give them their money back. The person doesn't get hurt. We get some extra money. That's why it's credit card fraud. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was an interesting place to work. It it's definitely an interesting place. A lot of fun celebrities. Who did you meet? Who did you serve? Like, did you? Yeah, tell me. One of the first one of the first people. I think it was like my second night. Um, Jeff Bridges' band was playing. Oh, like before the show and before we opened, he came down and he was like, he said hello to like all the bartenders. He was so like, he's exactly what you think he would be. Like, he was so cool so kind you ready to have a good show tonight like i'm really excited like just the best um charlie day and his wife they were super super fun um, sushi. 
some people were also like, oh, that sucks. Like Colin Hanks was kind of a little jerk. Mm. Yeah. Which, like your dad's the nicest. Like that didn't rub off. Nah. Um, I will say, oh, Caitlyn Jenner came in like as Bruce, when he was Bruce Jenner, when she was Bruce Jenner. But it was like when he had, he was growing his hair, it was like a ponytail. He was super, super kind. I mean, is that, do I say he? Because at the time it was At the time it was he. At the time, yeah, yeah, she was super kind when she was he. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But it was like, he was so kind, so, so kind. Jason Schwartzman, the nicest, coolest. He was like so sweet because it was like a children's benefit show. So there were a bunch of kids. Um, He was really cool. I've heard he's really cool. Yeah. Like really nice. Nice, I'd buy. Cool, I... (laughs) <laughs> I'm go along with that oh whatever pierce morgan total asshole seems oh, like he would well, be yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean that's what he's selling off everybody you've mentioned if he was actually if you told me pierce morgan was nice they're like that dishonest fuck he plays such yeah, a right the rest of the time yeah yeah i worked at um i worked at the starbucks in brentwood mm. and uh so it was all celebrities most of the time I too. Say, i'm sure you had some fun sightings yeah Sightings. Well, it was really interesting when one guy who everybody loves, and I, I won't say his name because I don't want to be like sued for defamation by telling the story. Can I be sued for defamation? <laughs> we'll have our legal story? team listen to the episode before we air. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. I promise. <laughs> you know, Starbucks, you can't, you can't pay over a $20 bill at Starbucks. Like everybody oh, yeah, knows yeah. that. And there's like a sign. a sign. Everybody knows that. The sign says... Nothing over twenty, and he paid with a hundred. He only had a hundred on him. He said, and I was like, "Okay, well, we take credit card." And he's like, "Can you just give it to me?" I'm Michael Keaton, and I'm like, and I'm like, "No, man, no, Mister Mom, I can't." (laughs) I was like, he was really irritated with me. He was very annoyed, but I was. But that's also like, come on, dude. Like, dude, I'm working at Starbucks. I'm 24. Like, you're a bazillionaire, and you're like, right. I'm trying to Pull have out your card. Have. But you know, we had like the like Brooke Shields is literally the nicest human being um, in the planet. That. Don't those like doesn't it make you happy when it's like, oh, you're not oh. you're you're like thank oh. you. Oh, and I had women from sitcoms, 80s and 90s sitcoms that you grow up with. All the moms in every sitcom that was because they all live in Brentwood and they would come in there busy on their phone or with their children and yelling at them and on their phone and working a deal and doing something that they never paid attention. So after they'd get their drinks and they'd have like three newspapers that they had just purchased, they'd come over and they'd be like, you charge me 10 cents more than I ever get paid for charged. And I was like, you bought an extra paper today. You have a receipt. And oh, now, oh, sorry. You can come sorry. and bitch about. Yeah, really. They would one one like yelled at me about forty cents. One yelled at me about ten cents. I'm telling you, the moms from the '80s and '90s sitcoms were just like couldn't get their shit. They were Karens. They're Karens. They're Karens. <laughs> they are total Karens. And we'd all be behind. Listen, I would have to get to work at four fifteen in the morning, and my shift ended. Holy cow! And then I'd go to my second job where I was a makeup artist so I was exhausted it could have been my mistake but there's always a receipt you know so yeah. like here's yeah. your receipt I'm so if tired your receipt right there and as your the assistant hand. it was you know it was just like I couldn't believe how mean people are to um, oh yeah 
to service industry people. Like we are just trying to pay our rent in a very expensive city and have a career like you have. Do you remember ever being in that position? Treat us better. Treat I us better. honestly feel like everybody should have to at the minimum work a service industry job for a month. Minimum. Minimum. Here's the thing I think. As an adult though, it's different yeah. when you're a teenager because you're a schmuck right. as a teenager. Yeah, I worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager and I was an asshole because I was a teenager. And I was like, <laughs> well, right, of course, of but course. as an adult trying to pay your bills, yeah. trying to make ends meet, that's when you need to work. Yes, you could always tell when you were serving somebody that's in the service industry. Yes. Like oh, their manners, a tip. their tip, their like general like coolness and patience totally tell we so we had regulars um that lived so in Brentwood at the Starbucks I worked at there were two sets of like apartment buildings uh just up the block um and then it was all mansions um but so (laughs) from the apartment buildings and these weren't cheap rent places so these people were like um, production you know uh executive assistants and things of that nature writers um that were working writers but usually like yeah low tier writer or whatever yeah. they were great they actually would bring in at christmas like a 50 dollar uh oh my god for each of us as like a tip a christmas gift tip that's um, really and nice. i had one woman pack me an entire day's worth of treats because i was flying back to detroit for christmas the next day oh, so she packed that's so nice cookies and sandwiches and like it was crazy and then one woman gave me two sweaters and I was like, what's happening? Like, I felt really strange. None of the famous people that came in every of day course. who asked for free coffee, but all the people that were like- All the Karens? No, <laughs> no, not the all Karens. The people, no, the people behind the scenes yeah. of Hollywood that were working their way up the ladder too would just be awesome. They get it. They, they get it. Get they it. know, yeah. they've been there. They, would, they were there, fun. right. They were always like, I hope you make it, like stay with it. Like, you know, they were so great. Except Brooke that. Shields. Brooke Shields was fucking awesome. Like I oh, that's Shields again because she is the best no, person I've ever met in Hollywood. I can meet you good to Brooke Shields. I know you can. I keep yeah. hinting to your sister and she is like not it hooking it up. I'll make it happen. His sister graduated with high school with Brooke Shields and their friends. They're make all in the same posse. Happen. It's been 11 years. Come on. You've earned it. I was waiting till 12, but you're good. Yeah, right? Um, You saying like, it was all those, it was all those people that were like the most generous, the kindest, the most thoughtful. It was to go back to like the three day, it, it was very interesting to see because when they would do these fundraising, basically we would be like, you know, make a list of everybody, your doctor, your postal cert, your whatever, everybody, and then ask them. And then, um, you know, the people that you think can give big, take them out to dinner, make it special, whatever. And it was time and time again, that it was like the doctors, the attorneys, the people that were like more wealthy and could afford to like give generously would be like $20, $50. And then they would find out like their next door neighbor would be like $250, $500. Like I had so many times where, cause they would have, they would have to call in for, to get the new donations and I would read it to them. So many times people would like 
get so emotional because they were like, they can't afford that. But it was yep. always the people who didn't have hardly anything to give would give and give and give until they couldn't give anymore. And honestly, that that's is how Joe Biden got elected. But that's our country. Yeah. I mean, but that's our country. That's the middle class. Like, you know, like yeah. that's how we lift each other up and that's how we keep going. Oh my God, yeah. I cry because it is Joe Biden <laughs> and Kamala Harris. Oh my God. It is. Because... I mean, that's how you were taught. You like, you know, it's the people. Listen. I remember, you know, growing up and we had powder, had to live on powdered milk and like hot dogs for like a month at one point. <laughs> I would eat potted ham sandwiches. But we would always, my mom would always find a way if a neighbor yep. needed something to feed yes. them. If, they, if the elderly couple were, you know, not doing well, she made a stew and she took over the stew and we had powdered milk and hot dogs. And mac but that's and what you did. That's what you did. That's yeah. what you still do. And you were a kid, so it probably tasted pretty good anyway. It was exactly. fine. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I was always like, how does the milk get made? I thought it came from a cow and she was like, come from a box. <laughs> you know? a cow and powder comes It used to be an evaporated box. cow. <laughs> it used to be in a red box. I don't know if you guys ever had powdered milk, but it used to be in this big red box. <laughs> like oh my God, tab, I love it. Metal tab that came up and down. And you just hoped ants didn't get in it or bugs. Oh, I want the condensed cow. That one tastes better. Oh, we would have condensed. Yeah, condensed. Yeah, but condensed milk is actually expensive. And sweet. But yeah, you bake very it. sweet. I I don't think I could drink. I I don't think I could like. Well, no, not drink it. I like it. In oh, not drink it. Too. I don't think I could have like eat it now. Like it's like oh. a tasty kind of soup. It's almost like yeah. It's like it's very thick. Mm -hmm. But it, but um, I've been eating donuts all day. It's really good in coffee in espresso. If you want to make like a special yes. coffee drink, but don't be dentist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So we're we're coming okay. to that that time again. Um. We wanted to ask you if you have anything that you, you know, we've talked a little bit about the cooking show, but is there, uh, would you like to further plug that or anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah, basically I love cooking. I love sharing food. I miss cooking for people. Like I used to cook and have family dinners with, you know, Dan's brother and sister-in-law, my best friend, Robin, and we would like come to each other's houses and I miss that. Um, so yeah, Quintana's Tiny Kitchen on um, Instagram and YouTube. And then I would also love to plug Dan's- uh, Do it. His, and Antonucci. T-shirt shop, uh, <laughs> Art From Beyond on Threadless. It's, he makes really, really cool and fun designs. So all one I'm word, artfrombeyond.threadless.com. It, it's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And also what are, besides um, creatively, do you have a side hustle going right now? I do. I am working part-time three days a week now at um, a thrift store Yeah, for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. It's out of the closet, but it benefits the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. And um, so I kind of love that because I'm in West Hollywood. I've always felt very connected to the community. And then I'm also, because right before the pandemic hit, I was named one of the directors of a loop group um, or not it kind of like a voiceover voice talent services called Loop Town. And so for people who don't know what looping is, because we have a lot of non-actors that um, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. looping is um, all the voices you hear in yeah. films not and principal voices. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, didn't know what it was when my, my friend Amy from college, she started this group with her friend Kelly Jean, and we've actually done some really fun projects, but um, 
she was like, do you want to be in my loop group? And I was like, yes, what's a loop group? Like, I have no idea, but sure, I'll do it. And uh, it's really, it's really cool. And it's so funny now that I know what it is. And I've done, you know, a few projects. It's so funny now watching TV shows and movies and, and you're like, that was a horrible looping job or like, them out. they did really good. They did a great job. Yeah. Real seamless. But yeah, okay. so we were, so yeah. Nice. Oh, there's, there's a one like Melrose place. That's so bad where Michael's like cooking breakfast and he's like, his mouth is moving, but some, whoever is looping it is like, making it, making, it's just the worst looping, but it's the best to watch. You know, what's really oh. funny is I was in a voiceover group with Michael from Melrose Place. That is funny. <laughs> that Amazing. Is funny. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. It's a small town, folks. He's actually, he, yeah, I was in the group too, but I didn't, I only oh went God, once or I twice and I was like, eh, I don't want to be in this group. I don't like voiceovers. <laughs> It was uncomfortable. How do you give notes to Dr. Michael Mancini? I mean, how do you? Michael Mancini, that's right. Um, can I also say that, like, brag on you guys a little bit that you asked me to be a small, fun part in your the reading of your pilot, which have you guys talked about how brilliant you are? Because it was hilarious. That's and I cannot wait to see what happens in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. It was so fun. You guys, so fun. Such a good job. You guys did such a good job. Thank you Aww. so much. You did such a good job. And we, we wrote this pilot, you guys. Oh my God. Honestly, we appreciate that uh, a ton. And um, we really want you to stick around. I would okay. love to. You were amazing. I was so excited and honored to be a part of it. And tonight, and this, and this podcast, this was amazing. I just want to say thank you, Angela Quintana. Yes, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. On Wednesday, she was there. Hey, Bieber. What's up, Stickle? You know who's on the show next week? Is it an actress? A writer? A model? An Instagram star? All that and more! We've got the one and only Mara Marini coming on the show. Ooh, well, hot damn! I guess I'd better subscribe to the podcast right now. That way, when the episode drops next Wednesday at 10 a.m., it will instantly appear right in my listening queue. Sure, you should do that. But in case you don't, you can still listen to all the episodes at www.makethatpaperpodcast.com. Wow, I'm so glad we shared this valuable information with each other. You come.